Thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of the Minivan Moments Family Podcast. I'm Nick Calhoun, your host, uh, and I have two really special guests with us today. I have uh, Addison Futrell, who is the girls' ministry director at Hardin Baptist Church, and I've also got uh, Chase Bright, who is the middle school director uh, at Hardin as well. And so, guys, you want to introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? Hey, I'm Addison Futrell, and I am from Louisville, Kentucky, and I came to Murray for college um, in 2012, and I graduated in 2016 and started working here in 2015 as an intern and just kind of um, continuing to just work in this position and build relationships with students. Um, I have a husband. His name's Bailey, and I have a kid. His name's Josiah, and... Great. Two dogs. <laughs> Two dogs. Um, so how long have you been married to Bailey? Um, almost two years in November. Two years. Wow, that is true. It's coming up. That's awesome. Yep. And then Josiah, do you want to tell a little bit about Josiah? Yes. Josiah is living with us right now um, for the time being. And he is a year and a half old, and he's really cute. He definitely brings light to the room. And so, yeah, we have a busy household right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Chase, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? My name's Chase Bright. Um, I am the middle school director here at Hardin Baptist Church. I also work with the Marshall County Schools. Um, I'm married to Caitlin Bright. We've been married since January 5th, so... I guess that'd be right around nine months. Uh, we have a baby on the way. We're expecting a baby, baby Maddox Rook Bright, uh, in March. I uh, took this job with Harden August 1st. So I'm still, I'm the new guy, uh, but I really love Harden, really love what I'm getting to do with students. Um, born and raised in Marshall County, as I said. Um, big Braves fan, big sports fan. Um, so with that. Yeah. Explain Maddox to the listeners Maddox. on, so like what's the deep spiritual mm-hmm. meaning behind Maddox and why that's the, the name of your firstborn yeah. child? So there's a lot of theological implications for why we chose the name Maddox. Uh, but besides all those, I could go, I mean, it would take forever to explain all the theological implications. But secondary, we named him after the great baseball player, Greg Maddox. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, how's Caitlin feel about that? Caitlin's excited. Does she uh, know who Greg Maddox is? She she does now, <laughs> but she didn't. That's and awesome. And she was she was really apprehensive to name. Once she figured out why I love the name Maddox, she's like, I'm not so sure about yeah, this, but yeah. she's on board. Yeah, I always hear of people that have like these really cool baby names, and you know they've got like these crazy origins and those kind of things. Like, I think Brooks we came from Google uh, was was a great contributor. Uh, Ellis June we picked June because that was when she was born. So, uh, yeah, all those people that have really awesome names, kudos to you. Um, so, with our time today, um, I wanted to just take some time for our listeners to get to know you, serving with students, um, and so. Uh, it's fall break week for our, our, our students here, and uh, some, a lot of families are going to be in the car uh, and traveling to vacation or just have more off time than they typically do. And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of extend this episode out uh, from the typical 10 minutes uh, with engaging cultural biblical topics to just uh, have some fun conversation with you all and get to know you guys a little bit better. So first question uh, I want uh, for these listeners to 
uh, hear from you all is what is your favorite family memory or tradition? So I know this is a week that a lot of people are doing vacations. Maybe they have traditions they do over fall break or it's nearing kind of the holiday season. And uh, this is just kind of a time in people's lives where a lot of memories are made or traditions are, are honored. And so I love for uh, the listeners to hear from you guys and what those those memories are. Who wants to go first? I can go first. So in Louisville, we don't have a week-long fall break for school, so we never went on vacation. Um, but I have some fun family traditions that we did. Uh, we, around this time, would bake a lot, my family and I. So my aunts would come over and we would make cookies. And then also we would uh, attempt to like make these really intricate pumpkin carving sculptures that never worked um but we would definitely spend a lot of time attempting to do those things and so if you're not going on vacation there's some encouragement if you can carve a pumpkin um go for it and try to make it intricate what was the most elaborate pumpkin carving you've ever tried um well when the the cutting of the outer skin of the pumpkin, but not all the way through, came to be. <laughs> I mean, we got intricate. Wow. Some some people that like know pumpkins are definitely understanding what I'm saying right now. But you don't carve all but the way through. Three people listening. <laughs> yeah, you don't carve all the way through. So when you put the light in, it's not like super bright, but you can still see it if you're tracking with me. So I tried to make a witch's face one time off of this movie. You can't say witch on a church podcast. Well, I did. So <laughs> we tried, and and then my mom would try to make, like, spiders and stuff, and it never worked. So I ended up making, like, this smiley face that didn't work out, and it just was terrible. I thought you were going to say something really cool. No. Of, like, like a, it never, like a, never worked out, ever. Like a swan or something, and it was a smiley face. So that's I mean, awesome. When I say, like, I was just talking like a face with a hat, like a triangle hat. Like, oh. it wasn't, not like an artist by any means. <laughs> okay. And that's what my family did, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's going well. So are you uh, continuing that, any of that today? Do y'all, as a family, carve pumpkins and do the swan stuff? Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll attempt to carve pumpkins. Um, it's not Bailey's favorite thing in the world to do. Um, but we're going to try. And Josiah is not old enough to do that. So He can play in the, the pumpkin residue. Yeah, he can. So we could do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, so Unless really, I basically to answer your question, my family memory is <laughs> subpar. So <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Here we are. That's all yeah. right. Uh, I know that's something, though, that you've kind of continued. Obviously, that was formidable for you. Um, so even with the students, I know you do a girls' um, event centered around that. So kind of using, you know, some of those things that were fun at the time, you know, and uh, continuing that with some of the girls. I'll do a, a fun event in October. Is it October, right? Yep, October, October 20th this year. We will yeah. go. Yeah, and so that's that's fun for them. And so, you know, in that way, you're continuing to, to make memories with the students, you know, doing the things that you did when you were that age so it's cool yeah it's a fun time of year That's to hang awesome. out and yeah fall is awesome it's definitely i think our favorite uh time of the year favorite season my wife loves it so uh it's just i hate that fall is still 98 degrees outside mm-hmm. um so chase favorite family memory favorite family memory uh well i grew up playing baseball all around the country my sister grew up doing cheerleading competitions all around the country uh, so when it came time for vacation, me and my family, uh, we kind of we kind of opted out on the vacation scene. Um, so instead of going places, 
Uh, actually, my favorite childhood memory of my family was just hanging out at home, uh, having supper together as a family, sitting down, watching the Braves. I know I promised the Braves and sports are not an idol in my life. They were. They're not anymore. Um, but that's definitely just my favorite childhood memory, getting to spend time with my family um, at home, opposed to being out on the road, being in a car, being on vacation, which is all great. But since we were so active doing all those things, um, I just look back on my childhood and what I cherish the most uh, is just getting to hang out with my mom, my dad, and my sister around the dinner table and on the couch uh, and at home. So. Great. So Nick has our next question, um, which is your most embarrassing moment. Um, so most of the students know this about me because once upon a time <laughs> I shared it, but I used to drive um, a Ford Escape and it had a, a moonroof, sunroof, whatever you call it. Um, but over the moonroof, like inside of the car, it had like a sun blocker. So you didn't really know if the moonroof was open or not. Um, and then it had, the moonroof had different settings. So there was one setting where like, you could just like raise it. So a slight breeze came in or you could make it go all the way back and like have it open and it was super cool. Wow. And so I was on my way to class and I left early. This is college in Murray. And I was like, I need to get a car wash. So I went to finish line and I was like in line to do the thing and it was my turn. So I got my little car on the track and it was about the time of the hot wax. And I was texting because, you know, sitting still texting, you know, and I had my elbow, my right elbow resting on the console. And all of a sudden I felt this hot liquid dripping on my elbow and I was like oh gosh what's happening and so I noticed that it was coming from said moonroof and I was like ah oh, that's so strange and so at this time I look forward because I'm like oh man did I close my moonroof I don't think I closed the moonroof. Oh, no. Yeah. And so at this time, the big spirally octopus arm looking thing <laughs> in the car wash is slowly coming towards me with the water rinser. Like, it's coming. And oh. I'm like, oh, man, this is about to be so bad. I need to check if my moonroof is open or closed. And I had to make a really big pivotal decision in that moment. Do I just sit and just let it happen or do i attempt to open said sun blocker check what position my moonroof is in because that determines which way i press the button like if it's in the just the elevated position i need to push the button forward but if it's in the all the way back position then i have to hold the button in the middle to make it like come all the way close and secure and so at that moment the water's coming the octopus spinning thing is coming and i'm like i think i'm just gonna have to sit and take it and so i did and um there was water and bubbles and lemon smelled like lemon wax if you've ever been to finish line you know what i'm talking about and i was again on the way to class but my entire right side arm shorts i had on sandals mm. thank goodness but my t-shirt was soaking wet the inside of my car was drenched because again the hot wax was like the beginning stage of the car wash so i had 
I have to embrace the water, the dryers, the octopus arm. I mean, there's a chance that that thing could come into yeah. the and just. I mean, who knows what <laughs> what would have happened? It could have grabbed my hair or something. So that was very embarrassing because I had to get out of the car and still go to class, and I was mm. only half like half of my shirt and shorts were like drenched and I smelled like car wash and I had to explain to people I'll never forget it it was um going into chemistry class uh, and I was like here I am trying to get a pre-physical therapy degree and I can't even close my own moonroof when I go to the car wash so I, <laughs> I was in this class with all these really smart intelligent people and here I am and I had to explain to them that my mm. moonroof was open and that I went through the car wash without checking it. And it was just very embarrassing. And so I don't know if you can top that, Chase, but go for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I can top that. To go into a college class fresh out of a car wash, that's pretty embarrassing. My, my embarrassing moment uh, would have came... So I'd, I'd have been, I don't know, 13, 14 years old, like kind of in that awkward stage anyway. And I was in a baseball tournament, um, and I'd had, I think, I think it was just, I think it was taco night the night before uh, this big baseball game. And I was playing shortstop. Uh, a bunch of teams were there. It was, it was one of the bigger tournaments of the year. Um, and it was, it was the third or fourth inning, and my stomach started to hurt really, really bad. Um, and I, I knew I knew I needed to get out of the game, uh, but it was a long inning. Um, long story short, uh, we had white pants on that day, taco night the night before. Oh! It looked like I slid oh. into second base. Oh! Uh, I didn't slide into second base that day. <laughs> I came out of that inning, and yeah, they they pulled me from the game. That was that was my last game of the tournament. And I, oh. I I went home. Man. I always find it interesting that most embarrassing stories usually revolve around somebody um, pooing their pants. Uh, in fact, um, as we're right in the middle of this podcast, I got word that my son had um, went in his pants. And so I had to take a short break um, as you guys were con- continuing the conversation to go uh, clean that up. And so, uh, in fact, one of my most embarrassing stories is uh, has... Two of my f- most embarrassing stories revolve around situations like that. I won't go into those. I'll let Chase's humi- uh, humiliation be the <laughs> primary focal point of uh, this time. And so, uh, yeah, thank you guys for being willing to kind of be vulnerable and open up and, and kind of expose some of those embarrassing moments uh, to you, uh, to the listeners. And so um, I wanted to ask a question um, before we get into uh, why you love serving students. And uh, I'd love for... Uh, just the listeners to know a little bit of, of your faith journey and how you got to a spot of um, serving students and loving students and, and really being a part of the church. And so I'd love for you, if you'd be willing to, to share a, a brief uh, part of your testimony and how you came to faith in Jesus Christ and um, how God has, has worked in your life to get you to the spot where you're at today. Sure. Here we are. <laughs> okay. So as you can tell from my family memory story, we weren't the closest family. I I do love my family, um, but they we did not really talk about Jesus. We didn't really go to church that often. Um, it wasn't anything that I grew up with. Um, 
at all, actually. <laughs> and so I came to college at Murray. Um, I was very involved with drugs, alcohol, all of the above, um, just really living for the world um, and just really enjoying it, but also at the time, but then I would wake up the next morning and I would just be so empty. Um, I would say that I was truly satisfied, but if I truly felt satisfied, then I wouldn't have the feeling that I needed to go and do it again um, the next night. Um, so I was just in this vicious cycle of living for these things that I thought were going to bring true satisfaction, but they never did. Um, inside, I, outside, it looked like I had it all together, um, but inside, I was just dying inside. And so um, I actually got in trouble my freshman year, um, and my RA told me that she would let me off the hook if she would, um, if I would consider going to this conference with her that was held by campus ministry, and I was like, whatever is going to keep me from getting kicked out of the dorms, I'm going to do it. So I went to this conference, um, and that was like the first time I'd ever heard the gospel. Uh, and that was just a very powerful moment because I was like, oh, shoot, here I am. And I kind of understand why I'm here because I am the one that is living this crazy lifestyle they were talking about. Um, just the prodigal son and the son that was running away and just living his life um, just the way that he thought was correct and then realizing, oh man, even my father's servants are living a better lifestyle than I, I am. I'm just so broken. Um, and I just, in that moment, was like, whoa, I need Jesus. Um, and I'm just not living for him. And so it was just really cool. Uh, well, cool and sad and heavy moment of like, whoa, I need to repent and just turn from this lifestyle that I'm living. And so um, that was January, New Year's, New Year's Eve, uh, 2014, 2013, 13, 13, it would have been 13. Um, and so, yeah, so since then, here we are. <laughs> I still have a wild family. Uh, I still have wild friends. Um, but God's just been really um, sweet in just redeeming some of those areas of my life um, and just showing me that those do not bring true satisfaction, but the only thing that does truly bring satisfaction is Him. And so, yeah, here we are. Does, uh, did you, do you stay connected with that RA who um, was able to get you out of, kicked out of the dorms? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, she moved back to Texas now. Hey, Aaron, you probably don't listen to this podcast. Um, but <laughs> thanks, for, <She> might. <laughs> thanks for not writing me up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do. I, she um, went to work as um, for this campus ministry that held the conference, um, and now she is back home uh, just working for some company. So yeah, I do stay in touch with her. She is... Uh, yeah, she's really great. So, awesome, Chase. Yeah, so uh, I actually, I actually grew up in a Christian home, um, but it, it was kind of always kind of a, a shallow faith in a way. Uh, but what it ended up is in, in fifth grade, so right before middle school, I was at I think it was a vacation Bible school, something along those lines, and got shared the gospel, and I knew my my family was a Christians. My youth group, they were Christians. You know, my friends I went to school with were Christians. Uh, so in fifth grade, I, I wanted to fit in. And so I remember, like, in order to fit in, I needed to raise my hand, I needed to come forward, I needed to have everyone give me a round of applause, say a prayer, and do all these things. Um, and so my, my profession, looking back on it in fifth grade, it had nothing to do with Christ. It had everything to do with me wanting to fit in with everybody around me. But 
uh, like in middle school and high school, like I remembered my profession and I wanted to be seen as this Christian guy. And so it re- uh, led to like a really just moral lifestyle. I followed all the rules. Uh, I was a good kid. Uh, you know, was well behaved. And throughout middle school and high school, that was just became my identity. A really good kid. I wanted to be seen as this Christian kid, but deep down I knew I was not. I wasn't. I didn't know Jesus in a saving way. I wasn't following Jesus. And I got to play baseball in uh, my freshman year of college. I went to Kentucky Wesleyan, and total freedom, like brand new start. But absolutely nothing changed. I, I just kept in a college locker room. Kept being that one guy who wouldn't go out with his friends. Uh, he kept making good grades. Um, and I can't. I can't pinpoint like why I wanted that identity, even with with total freedom. But I transferred uh, to Murray State my sophomore year. And again, for whatever reason, I was just I was sick and tired of being the guy who just followed the rules, who was the really good kid. And my sophomore year of college, uh, I just I wanted to rebel. So instead of following every single rule, my sophomore year of college, I didn't want to follow any rules. Um, and it led to a lot of idols. It led to a lot of sin. And uh, I lived that life for almost a full year. And then my junior year of college, fall semester, September. Uh, I remember I had all these idols built in my life, just standing tall on them, thought I was invincible. And so I was worshiping all these false gods, and the real God of the universe comes and just completely blows away all these idols, popularity, sports, relationships, friends, uh, grades even. And uh, he showed me, you know, himself. Uh, on September 24th, 2017, I came to Hardin Baptist Church and sat under just the teaching of God's Word. Uh, and un- sitting under God's Word is is what convicted me. I was a sinner. Um, I needed Jesus. I couldn't do this alone. I couldn't be good enough. Um, so first season of my life, uh, I was a kid who just didn't think he needed Jesus. I could be good enough. And then the second season of my life, I just didn't want anything to do with Jesus. During both of those seasons, like God was faithful to me. He brought me to Him in my rebellion against Him and, and in grace offered me Himself through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I would, you know, challenge uh, you as some of the listeners, whether you're a parent, you know, or a student listening in, just to kind of, you know, think through where are you at um, in your walk with Jesus. Um, you know, as a parent listening in, I know oftentimes you want what's best for your children, and and as a Christian parent, you know what's best for your children is a relationship with Jesus. Uh, and I think so many times we can, you know, really strive as parents to want to uh, work on behavior modification, you know, really try to change behavior. Um, but a lot of times, I think as parents, a lot of that stems of we want to be able to present our children to the community around us or people around us that they are really good kids. And we take pride in that. Uh, but that's not necessarily dealing with the heart issue of do they know Christ or not. And, you know, I think listening to both Addison and Chase here, you know, you see a picture that. Um, both of them found Jesus in a life of sin, you know, and oftentimes that's that's most of our stories, um, that, that we find Jesus in a life of rebellion, where we're turning from Jesus, we're turning from uh, good works, and we are pursuing the things of the world, and God interrupts our life in that and, and shows us our, our grave need uh, for a relationship with Jesus. And so some of you parents who are maybe struggling with where your students are at and or your children are at in, in their faith and uh, or, or lack thereof, and they're just living very worldly, uh, take heart that, that Jesus died for them, he loves them, and he wants a relationship with them. So just continue to be faithful. Uh, but also against self-righteousness. You know, I think we've got to be careful uh, especially in our area where we minister in, in, in Bible Belt USA, West Kentucky, um, we can really uh, push students to self-righteousness where they 
believe they're following Jesus based on how good they are. Um, and I think, you know, you hear even from Chase's testimony that that season of self-righteousness wasn't fulfilling, that it left him empty. And so he pursued not self-righteousness, but rebellion. And, and so uh, we want to always uh, have, have students coming back to Jesus and understanding the gospel, understanding salvation comes in Christ alone. Um, and that's where we want our life to be hidden. And so just as a student listening in, maybe, you know, listen to these stories. Maybe you were convicted on, on kind of where you're at, and maybe you are uh, not truly following Jesus. Maybe you're following um, this idea of Jesus, or you're, you're following yourself, or you're pursuing self-righteousness. My, my prayer for you is that you would turn from that. Or maybe you're in the, the middle of a life of sin right now, and uh, maybe God is convicting you and calling you to turn from your sin and to trust in Jesus for salvation. So uh, thank you guys for being willing to share that. Um, I wanted to ask kind of our last question um, is, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, there's a lot of things, you know, you, you went to college, uh, probably didn't go to college thinking you were going to be working in ministry. I know a lot of times the, the thought is that, you know, ministry jobs are somewhat pointless in regards to, you know, they're not gonna make any money. And, uh, and that may be true to some extent. Uh, but I know a lot of times we don't go into college thinking, man, I'm pumped for ministry. I'm pumped to, to go in and work with middle school and high school students. These are usually the people of society that no one wants to hang out with because they're hormonal and they're, they're moody and, and we can't ever figure them out. And uh, so I'm just curious on, on why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you love serving uh, students in the capacity in which you're, you're doing here at Harden? We're sitting in a circle. You can't see us, but I, everybody looks at me next. So that's why I'm going right after Nick every time. So I'll you just want Chase go to ahead. go? No, no, Chase no, no, no. We'll break, no. We'll break the pattern here. This is fine. I mean, here we are. No, I can answer it. I'm ready. Chase, would you rather answer? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll give you a break, guys. Okay, let's go the other way. Yeah. So why do I love students? I mean, I think there's so many reasons that I love students, uh, particularly I've I've worked for middle school students, which is is who I'm working with. Which is really um, unique because, just being honest, not a lot of people want to work with middle school students. Would that be fair? Yeah, they're they're a unique bunch. Uh, I always I always kind of jokingly tell people that I like middle school students because, like, if, if you know me, I'm about the size of a middle school student. So yeah. I, I mean, I fit right in. Like, I'll go to a middle school night, and <laughs> I'm just I'm just one of the boys, you know. <laughs> but I love I love middle school students. Uh, such a unique bunch, and I think. When I look back on my life, like middle school was such a pivotal, and, and high school was such a pivotal time in my life. Like I needed someone pouring Jesus into me, the, the Jesus uh, that, that died for our sins, the, the real gospel, pouring that gospel into me at such a young age, uh, just as a foundation. And that's what I hope I can provide for our middle school students here at Hardin Baptist Church, is just the, the, the non-watered-down gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, and you know they don't have to fall into that life of sin in high school and in college because in middle school they're rooted in the Bible and rooted in Christ. So if I can just get to them at that younger age um, by the grace of God, that's why that's why I do what I do. That's why I am where I am. Yeah, I think there's that you know that thought a lot of times, and students believe this, and I think sometimes parents, you know, we've got to be careful to not fall into this trap of you know, well, we want them to be able to live and learn. You know, there's that thought that. They're going to make their own mistakes, and they're going to learn from those. And there's some truth to that. I think we all have made mistakes, and we've all learned from those mistakes. But uh, I've heard that it's it's not 
it's not better to live and learn, it's better to listen and learn, you know, and I think you do an awesome job of coming into those students' lives and, and interrupting where they're at and, and giving them uh, that true gospel that you talk about, pointing them to Jesus, and we pray that they wouldn't feel as if they've got to live and learn, make their own mistakes, and then follow Jesus at a later date, but they would listen and learn and, mm-hmm. and really take to heart the things that are being taught and really wrestle with some of those big questions of salvation and eternity and, and you know just what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we're so appreciative of what you do uh, with you. our middle school students and our Marshall students. And so I know if you know Chase and you've interacted with him, you know how he just has a heart for the gospel, has a heart for students. And, uh, yeah, he might look like a middle <laughs> school student at times. Um, but also, no, this isn't necessarily your first stint in working with students. Um I know you you worked at a uh, ministry locally here um, mm-hmm. one summer. Do you want to tell a little bit about that and maybe how yeah. that maybe motivated you to also continue ministry? Yeah, so I worked at a summer camp. It's called Crossings Ministry. Uh, it's located at Jonathan Creek right here in Hardin, Kentucky. Um, and I originally just took the summer job to, to serve the Lord. Not had nothing to do with students. Actually, at that point in my life, I wanted to do college ministry. Um, but the very first week of our campers, it's middle school and high school students. I had a middle school group. Um, and I immediately just just fell in love with, with their culture um, and the way they acted. Um, and so I served 2018 uh, all throughout the summer at Crossings Ministries. Um, and it was just, it was there at Crossings that I just feel like the Lord was putting on my heart, hey, like you're gifted with, with students. Uh, you love students. Students seem to respond to you. This is this is where I've, I've designed you to be for for this season of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Crossings Ministry was amazing for me. Yeah. So a little plug there for Crossings. So <laughs> if you're any of our Crossings peeps listening in, we're thankful for your partnership. You guys are awesome. Uh, this. Uh, media break brought to you by Crossings uh, <laughs> Ministries. No, but uh, we love what they do there. We've been sending students and, and, and uh, doing camps there for the last, I think, 12 or 13 years. And uh, so if you're a college student and or you're a high school student that's maybe about to enter into college and looking for ways to serve the Lord um, over the summer, uh, to really utilize that time and not just hang around and not do anything, I would really uh, recommend you pursuing uh, working at a summer camp uh, like Crossings. They do some awesome things. And if you're one of our middle schoolers listening in, get pumped. we got Crossings mm-hmm. coming up next summer. Right. And so you'll uh, you'll be there with us soon enough. So Addison, hey. why do you love serving students? And so if you're some of our students, uh, you know Addison. You know she's quirky and silly and uh, loves animals and brings <laughs> goats on stage. And so I think a lot of times people see that. But I think the girls that you minister to, uh, know you in a lot deeper way and, and know your heart for them and your heart for the gospel. And so love just for you to share, you know, why you why you do what you do. Sure. So I think Jason did a good job. I think like the... Is this going to be that cliche middle school answer? <laughs> no. What he said? <laughs> <laughs> no. He did good. So everything he said, job I'm Chase. agreeing you with. <laughs> this is the best part about going second, right? Because <laughs> I can just say whatever he said, I agree. Um, but I also think like, uh, I feel like what Nick said too, we live in this Bible Belt culture in Murray, which is not something in, in Louisville that I grew up with, like where everybody in Murray has a tendency to like put on this smile and put on this mask of like, I'm good, I'm going to church, like I'm fine, like I'm just going to hide behind the answer of I'm doing great, how are you? Like just casually like ignoring and suppressing a lot of what you're actually feeling. Um, but in my family, we're a little bit more blunt than that. Um, I don't like the shallow answers of that. I don't, I know that you're not okay. And also, 
I just love teenagers because once you get to know them, they're like, this is actually how it is. Um, and then a lot of stuff just starts to pop out. And so I think why I do what I do is because I would argue like the past five years, I've learned that this generation, um, specifically high schoolers and middle schools, middle schoolers too, um, but they're just a, a terribly broken and just misunderstood generation, I feel like, um, that doesn't have a lot of people advocating for them um, and just hearing them out. And so I just like to hear them out. I've, I've had a lot of conversations that were just, um, I wouldn't say necessarily confessing sin, but just laying it out there of how they're living. Um, and some of them, they just don't feel the the conviction of that. And just they just wanted somebody to hear them out. And um, I think just being able to identify like, hey, this is the state that we're in. Um, I would I do not agree with it. I would say that the sin is leading to death. But I think just being that person that listens to them and checks in with them weekly of like, how are we doing? How can I be praying for you outside of just hoping that the Spirit just convicts you um, or on the opposite side of that, just seeing students come to rock bottom um, and just realizing that kind of a place where I was at in my own story of like, man, this stuff is not satisfying. Um, these relationships aren't satisfying me. Um, the lying behind my parents' back or the this or this, whatever it might be, just isn't satisfying. And um, this putting on a mask and saying that I know Jesus when in reality I do not. I know how to do the acting of like I know Jesus. Um, so it's just really rewarding to see the next generation being raised up um, and also just being able to hear the students. I feel like teenagers, like Nick and Chase said, they're weird and they don't really get a good rep of like people want to hang out with them. No, I said um, you were weird, not them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am too. That's where I'm going with it. Um, so I think just the weirdness and just having somebody like lovingly understand them enough to call them out. Um, I think God's given me a lot of favor in that area of just doing life with a lot of them um, and not shaming them for maybe the lifestyle of sin or, or when they do um, trip up with sin, like just being somebody that is willing to pick up the phone and listen to what's going on. Um, it's just been, yeah, I just I just want them to be heard. And so, and I want them to know Jesus. I think they some of them remind me a lot of myself in high school of just searching um, behind doors that are completely wrong. Um, <laughs> and so just being able to point and lead and direct them and pray for them to hopefully just be um, smacked in the face lovingly by the Spirit um, and just realize conviction. You'll put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah smacked in the be face. smacked in the face lovingly. by the Spirit. <laughs> lovingly, that's the key word, lovingly. Hashtag lovingly. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, so if you're a student, hey. <laughs> Wow. So we're gonna end with. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you know. Obviously, as parents are listening in, you know, we always say within Harden. So if you're not a part of our church, you, you may not have heard this before, but um, we always we truly believe that that parents are the head coaches and the discipleship of their kids' life. But uh, we we feel uh, very seriously about our job as being assistant coaches to come alongside you as families and. Uh, to, to love your children and to serve your children and to serve you in that in that discipleship process and so hopefully listening in you can kind of see as, as us who are uh, working with students day in and day out just to the, the needs of students to just have 
somebody for them. Um, and, and at times, you know, it may not be us, it might be you. And so just to be uh, willing to, uh, to quickly give your ear to them and just to, to hear them out on things, but also to, to get them plugged in to somebody that can also weigh in and, and, and speak into their life, speak truth into their life. You know, I think part of why we do what we do, you know, they both said it is that uh, in those years you want somebody that you can talk to openly. And sometimes it's not always easy to do that with parents. And so uh, we try to be a safe place and a trusting place that we can come and um, hear out some of the concerns and needs of your children, uh, but to always point them back to Jesus. And so I highly encourage you as a parents to, to make sure your kids are connected um, within our ministry or within uh, their student ministry to give them uh, another voice that can speak uh, truthfully into their lives. But as a student, uh, here. Uh, hopefully you have somebody in your life that you uh, can talk to, that you can open up to. Um, we always want that first point of contact to be with mom and dad. Um, and so I encourage you parents and, and students that are listening in to, to really begin to bridge that communication gap, You know, which is why we started this podcast, to get you guys talking, to hopefully give you opportunities to answer questions amongst one another that uh, would lead into more conversation um, in the future, Uh, but really work on that communication within the home, but also students to find uh, somebody that you can reach out to um, that's maybe not in your family, that's maybe a trusted youth leader or uh, your youth pastor, whoever that might be, um, that you can connect with, open up with, um, ask some hard questions, but get some really, really good truthful answers. And so uh, thank you guys so much uh, for, for being with us. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, hopefully you have enjoyed the conversation with Addison and Chase. Uh, and so we will be back next week uh, with another episode of the Minivan Moments Family Podcast. As we said last week, this is going to be moving into uh, two specific topics. We're going to be talking on uh, where are we? Where do we stand in regards to vaping and, and juuling? So we're going to take a couple weeks to uh, answer that topic from a biblical worldview. Uh, but then we're also going to be transitioning into understanding uh, the proper role of sports in our life. So it should be a good uh, few weeks diving into those topics. So uh, join us next week. Uh, but thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Many Man Moments Family Podcast.